Christmas, my friends, and welcome back to Podcast 97 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with Thousands of people across the land. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. If nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. And a reminder, my friends, we are giving away a free month of Ozbreakers premium services for all of our cappers. All you have to do is use the promo code FREE. 2024, you'll get a free month. No obligation whatsoever. You can always cancel at the end of the month. You can keep it if you made some money or obviously get rid of it. So feel free to check us out at theozbreakers.com this holiday season. We have a great show for you today. Andy Molitor is coming on from the Deep Dive Podcast and Betsperts to break down some NFL week. 16, a huge slate of NFL games this Christmas. Hopefully his information and plays might make you merry. If not, hopefully mine will this week as well. I'm also going to break down college football bowl games. You know, I was going to go all the way through the 28th, which is Thursday, but I figured that next week it would be a little bit better to add some to the Tuesday show because lots of things are changing. Uh, The landscape is different than years before. There's going to be some holdouts that will happen between now and next week, Thursday. So I decided to cover the eight games on Wednesday and Thursday in next week's podcast. So the agenda next week, being that Christmas is on a Monday, I'm going to record the podcast Tuesday morning early and try to get it out to you by noon Eastern time, and uh, might be a little bit after that, but that way you'll get the full information on the misleading final scores, not just from the weekend, but also from the Monday on Christmas NFL games, as well as fantasy uh, football waivers, pickups, bus uh, starts, and uh, injuries for your fantasy championship weekends. So. I figured it'd be best just to get it out later, being that you have three Christmas games on Monday. And I'll also be talking about, like I said, those bowl games on Wednesday and Thursday. And then finally, our 100th episode should happen for Thursday morning to go over the college football January 1st, December 30 bowl games that are huge, as well as the college football playoffs. So very excited about that. But just wanted to make sure that you guys knew our agenda so uh, you're not sitting there early Tuesday morning on your way to work after a long Christmas day and not seeing the podcast. Let's kick it off with a little bit of Christmas music to lighten our hearts for the holiday season. It's 
the most wonderful time. All right, well, we have a lot to get into, so let's just get into these bowl games then before Andy comes on for Friday, December 22nd. Now, all information in these spreads are subject to change. I mean, they could change by a lot, depending upon who's mentioned to be out uh, or possibly some players that might decide to start playing. You know, all we can do is go by the information that we have in hand. But for Friday, we have the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is plus four and a half, plus five, and Subbucks total is 67 at Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida. So Georgia Tech's motivation, I said, was high. I think that uh, they don't make a lot of bowl games, and they're going to give it one hell of an effort, and UCF's motivation is medium high. These te- this team should be about business themselves being close to home. UCF has the home field advantage being one only 100 miles away. Now, key guys missing. Uh, UCF starting cornerback Corey Thornton, 667 snaps. Uh, center Drake Metcalf, he lost his job throughout the middle of the season, so I'm not so worried about him. Uh, safety, Jaira Wilson, 447 snaps, didn't play in the finale, uh, so he still could be injured, as well as defensive back Braden Marshall, uh, who also left early with an injury. Georgia Tech side, starting edge rusher Kyle Kennard, 534 snaps, is transferring, and starting quarterback Keenan Johnson, 521 snaps, is transferring. Net yards per play advantage, UCF, plus 1.25 net yard per play advantage. Now, some of the basic steps, UCF has a massive net yard per play advantage. Georgia Tech's defense only ranks 116th, giving up 6.29 yards per play. But yards per rush, UCF has a massive advantage, ranking 5th in uh, rushing yards, 5.65 yards per rush to 5.41 given up by Georgia's defense. So that's a massive advantage. Uh, UCF's pass EPA is 30th in the nation. It would even be higher if John Rice Plumlee didn't miss games due to injury. So keep that in mind as well. So I just see lots of uh, advantages for UCF from the passing game and the run game. Coach Bowl, ATS, Gus Malzahn, four for five. Can't get much from that. It's really close to 500. So my verdict Both offenses are good with UCF having the advantage, yet both defenses are trash, actually. UCF's defense isn't so great itself. I know they're 79th in in yards per play, 5.77 they give up, but only 114th against the run themselves. So Georgia Georgia Tech is going to have some rushing this game as well. UCF is better in every facet, though, of the game, even at the running side. Uh, They did have a rough Big 12 schedule, but, man, Georgia Tech's schedule... I think it was harder, even though Sagarin doesn't show it. You can't ignore that they beat Miami, North Carolina. They kept it very close against Louisville, and they had to play Georgia. You know, very tough non-conference game for poor old Georgia Tech. Every single year, Georgia gets a nice little bye week, right? Well, they stepped up uh, when they came to the bigger competition. I personally have UCF by three points. Um, So, you know, you're looking at a spread, 4.55. Certainly going to be a lean here. To me, to Georgia Tech, is it enough to get to the window? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to watch the line. I'm going to see if this line creeps up. And, uh, you know, with some of the players sitting out, I think it's a little bit more drastic for UCF. I could see myself being on Georgia Tech just to the pure excitement of them finally making a bowl game. Lean Georgia Tech at the plus four and a half, plus five. Birmingham Bowl on Saturday, December 23rd. Duke versus Troy. Troy minus eight. 
Total is 45 at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Duke's motivation I have is medium low. Uh, you know, they had higher aspirations this year, and they lost their coach. And Troy's motivation, I put medium low as well. It's nice to play a Power 5 team, but it's Duke, right? It's not that rewarding for a team winning the Sun Belt. So, uh, coach is leaving also, so that kind of puts a damper on things. I think I had their motivation a little bit higher when I went over those numbers last week. Troy gets a home field advantage being only 145 miles from Birmingham. And I, I don't see a lot of Duke people showing up. Probably at least two points for Troy. Key guys missing. Troy head coach John Summerall has agreed to take the open head coaching job at Tulane. Defense coordinator Greg Gasparato will serve as interim coach for the bowl game. Notre Dame offense coordinator Jared Parker will also take over. So he's the one that's going to be the guy taking over full-time following the bowl game. Duke, Mike Elko. Wow, he left for Texas A&M. So uh, associate head coach Trooper Taylor is going to serve as interim head coach. Uh, starting quarterback Riley Leonard. <laughs> he is transferring, so he's toast. Uh, I expect Grayson Loftus to start. And starting edge R.J. Oben is transferring. Starting defensive line Aeneas Peebles is transferring. Starting linebacker Darius Mossy is transferring. Uh, starting defensive back, Jalen Stinson, 767 snaps is transferring. Starting running back, Jordan Waters is transferring. They have a ton of transfers. I mean, do I have to keep going here? Uh, starting center, it might still be injured here because he missed a few games. The safety got hurt late in the season, Terry Moore. I mean, this is just a massive amount of, of, uh, of opt-outs. Troy has the net yards per play advantage of plus 1.03. Um, I mean, the basic stats, Troy's defense is just fantastic against the run. Duke's a good running team, ranking 25th in rushing offense. Riley Leonard was part of that, but now he's gone, and Troy's defense ranks 10th in stopping it. Uh, Troy's offense is, uh, you know, pretty good against uh, at passing the ball, 25th in passing the ball, but Duke's defense was good at shutting down the pass, ranking 30th throughout the year. Uh, Duke's offense has no passing game without Riley Leonard now. Duke has had the much harder strength to schedule, but they're just missing too many guys. Losing their coach, certainly a kick in the pants. Troy's defense is the best unit on the field. Uh, coaching ATS for bowl games. Troy coach John Summerall is 1-0. So keep that in mind, but you know what? I probably have to erase that because he's going to be leaving for two lanes. So there is no more coaching advantage ATS. When I wrote this down... That didn't happen yet. Verdict. I think Troy can move the ball. <laughs> I think they can move the ball. Uh, even though Duke's defense was pretty good, it, they just have way too many opt-outs. I mean, that's just the biggest thing. Uh, biggest elephant in the room. The question is, how much is too much for this line? Because you're sitting here at 7.5. You know, I was about to bet Troy, but, you know, then Summerall... It left and took the two-lane job. I'm a little bit worried about that motivation. No problem in waiting to see if this comes back down to seven for any reason. So I'm going to lean Troy right now at the seven and a half. And this might even go to ten. But you also have to think to yourself, if you don't get the number you want, you don't need to play these games. You have no reason to play because there's other games, there's other sports out there. As Raph Michaels always says from Wager Talk, and very smart to say this, it's much better to leave a loser off the table than gain a winner because you're paying juice. So think about that. Very, very important advice. Let's move on to the next game. 
We have the Camellia Bowl, Northern Illinois versus Arkansas State. Arkansas State minus two and a half. Creeping up to three into some books. Total is 53.5 in Crampton Bowl, Montgomery, Alabama. Arkansas State's motivation should be medium high. Arkansas State uh, should want to take care of business here. Butch Jones is six and one against the spread. Northern Illinois' motivation uh, is medium. Why not beat another group of five teams? I guess you know, that's what they do. Uh, slight advantage to Arkansas State for home, but they're still 400 miles away. But you're still in the deep south here in Montgomery, Alabama. Key guys missing. Arkansas State's missing starting linebacker, Javante McKee. He's not in the bolt depth chart, 739 snaps. That's huge. Defensive line, Caden Lewis. Uh, he's not on the bolt depth chart either. Northern Illinois, they're missing nobody, but they did lose a few wide receivers to injury late in the season. Now, net yards per play, Northern Illinois has got a nice plus 1.07. Uh, basic stats here, I mean, yards per rush, Northern Illinois ranks 20th, 5.05 yards per rush to Arkansas State's defense ranking 110th, giving up 4.76 yards per rush. I mean, that's the thing that really sticks out to me. Northern Illinois' defense stops the pass. They're only ranking uh, opponent QBR 114, and that's 11th in the nation. So Arkansas State's a passing team, but Northern Illinois knows how to stop it. Now, key stats, NIU has a plus six sack margin, while Arkansas State is minus six. That's pretty huge. NIU, number 15th in opponent passing success rate. Kind of as I mentioned before, against the pass. Coach Bull, ATS, Butch Jones, 6-1-1 one one as a coach in bowl games, as I mentioned earlier. And Thomas Hammock is 1-0 and at, uh, at Northern Illinois. Verdict, NIU and Arkansas State are basically at pick'em in my numbers. This is good news for the Huskies. They do get a good wide receiver back from possible transfer, so that's good. Uh, the numbers say that NIU should be able to run all over this team. And uh, they should be able to stop the pass, which is one thing that Arkansas State does a heck of a lot. <laughs> you know, I lean NIU, and I'm going to wait on this number, but it's starting to pop three, and I like it at three. But, man, does it get to three and a half? I have no idea to rush, no reason to rush into this, but this will be a play. I'm going to give it out at three. But um, I'm going to wait to see if I can get a three and a half or better, uh, being that this game is on Saturday. And a lot of people might be jumping on old Butch Jones here, 6-1-1 one, one, against the spread. I just see NIU running all over this team. And without their best linebacker, I think that factors in. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. Next game, the Armed Forces Bowl. Air Force versus James Madison. James Madison minus two and a half. Total is at... 41 and geez this is one and a half in a few books as well so this one i have air force's motivation is high they're always high they're always ready to win this bowl game for the armed forces bowl C coach calhoun is eight and four against the spread but james madison's motivation should be high too first bowl game hell yes Home, neither really. Both's over 700 miles away. You do get Air Force people there for sure. Uh, I think you're going to get James Madison guys there too. Uh, home, or sorry, key guys missing. James Madison, uh, you know, there's a bunch listed down. But here's the thing. These guys care because they say that even though they're in the transfer portal, they want to come back and play this bowl game. So that's huge. You know, so the guys that I know are missing are defensive end Jalen Green who was injured, and he's going to go to the pros. He was already out a few games, and unfortunately that hurt them, and they lost to App State. 
possibly because of no pass rush. And starting uh, left tackle Tyshawn Wyatt was lost for the season in Week 9. Uh, that caused some offensive line reshuffling. But for Air Force, head coach Troy Col- Col- Calhoun said quarterback Zach Lario could return for the bowl game. I think Larrier does return for this game. And he said the same thing for wide receivers Dane Kinnaman and Jared uh, Rosnos. Uh, starting quarterback, our cornerback, Jerome Gaylard, actually uh, missed the final four games. Starting linebacker, uh, C.J. Boyd, hasn't played since week seven. Net yards per play, I'm going to give it to James Madison at plus .47. I mean, the basic stats here, Air Force's offense, great at rushing the ball, uh, ranking 21st at 5.04. But James Madison defense is number one against the rush, allowing only 2.09 yards per rush. James Madison's offense doesn't run the ball well, ranking 91st, while Air Force's defense stops the run. But the key thing for me is the passing game. QBR for James Madison ranks 10th, 163.62 QBR to Air Force's defense, ranking 58th, uh, 129.33 allowed QBR. So... The key stats is really James Madison ranks fifth in passing success rate and 15th in pass EPA. That's really Air Force's weakness. Um, they don't have a ton of weaknesses, but man, did they were they bad at the end of the season? Losing to Hawaii in a couple games? You know, that was awful. And obviously losing to, it wasn't San Jose State, it was UNLV. Lost to UNLV with the backup quarterback. Now their quarterback's coming back, but still, I mean, this is a different situation now. Now, the bowl coach ATS really favors Troy Calhoun because he's coached these bowls before. Well, James Madison, this is their first bowl game, and Calhoun's 8-4. and four. But still, I get burned at Air Force because I've went against them, but I'm doing it again, man. Air Force amazing at running the ball, and they have a few passing tricks up their sleeve, but, man, they are going against the number one rushing defense in football. I, I, can't, I can't not bet this, and... I'd be more upset not winning this bet for James Madison than I would lose losing it, because uh, in this situation, I really think that James Madison should be the favorite. You know, they're minus one and a half now, and I took them at minus two and a half. So I this is one of the few I don't have line value in, but I still like it. I mean, when you're that good against the run, and that's all the other team does, that's like the biggest mismatch metric that I can find. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, this is simple to me. Now, the only thing I don't know is, can James Madison play the triple option? You know, I would, I would guess you can figure it out after about four weeks of sitting out, right? You know, you have all week to work on it. This is also why I don't like betting on option teams in the beginning of the season, because the uh, other team has had multiple weeks to work against the triple option. So I'm taking James Madison. Uh, take him at one and a half. I liked him at two and a half myself. The next is famous Idaho Potatoes Bowl. And uh, Utah State versus Georgia State. Georgia State is plus three. The total is 62 in Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. Now, I make not a joke about uh, playing a bowl game in Boise, Idaho. But either way, you can't assume that Utah State's not going to show up here, you know? I mean, I have both teams' motivation kind of like medium, medium, low, right? Uh, I probably even had it lower before, but... It's just not a rewarding place to play, but I mean, Utah State's been there multiple times. They go there to play every other year, you know. Uh, Georgia State probably wanted a bigger team to play, 
they blew their season halfway through the season, but they're going to be on a business trip, and they're going to want to get the hell out of there. Uh, but, you know, Utah State's only 293 miles away from Boise. So I think they have more fans there. Um, key guys missing Utah State cornerback Avante Dickerson, 423 snaps. Didn't play in the regular season finale in Georgia State. And they're missing stud running back Marcus Carroll, transferring through 719 snaps. Also, their backup running back KZ Adams that played. Their uh, top wide receiver Robert Lewis, 759 snaps is transferring. And uh, starting right tackle Montavious Cunningham is transferring starting cornerback uh, Bryquise Brown, 566 snaps is transferring. And Utah State has a massive net plus 1.47 yards per play. A key stat I have here is that Georgia State ranks 117th in opponent passing success rate. That is not good. All right. Um, Georgia State's offense should be able to run the ball because Utah State's defense is bad against the run, only ranking 112th in uh, rushing success rate. Actually, sorry, yards per rush, but uh, Georgia State's offense 57th in yards per rush at 4.44. Uh, the, the coaching ATS, Sean Elliott from Georgia State's a nice 3-1, and one, but Blake Anderson from Utah State is only 3-5. for five. The only advantage I see for Georgia State is sack margin, but... That's just because Utah State throws the ball a ton. And uh, it, with all these sit-outs here, I think they're going to find some uh, success here. Utah State should be able to move the ball at will here. Huge net yards per play advantage. Georgia State's defense, QBR, opponent QBR, 128th they rank. This defense should be eaten alive by Utah State's pass game. I don't know how the heck it got down to two and a half here. I was going to play it at three, but I'm totally fine because I didn't even make it play yet. I'm going to make it right now. Let's play Utah State for minus two and a half in practically a home game. Next, we have, oh my goodness, this is not good. Uh, the 68 Ventures Bowl, Eastern Michigan versus South Alabama. South Alabama minus 17, total 47, played in Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Eastern Michigan's motivation, medium high. Chris Creighton, 4 and 1 ATS in bowl games, and he's a massive dog here. Uh, great location, by the way. Mobile's on the uh, ocean, and South Alabama's motivation is medium. The program's been on the rise over the past few years. Home is, this is literally a home game for South Alabama. Uh, you know, so they're at their stadium, and uh, there's still going to be a few Michigan fans there on vacation, I guess. Uh, key guys missing Eastern Michigan's quarterback, Austin Smith, to transfer. Ike uh, Uwen Dengbu, the third, would start if Smith doesn't play. He's more of a runner. Starting edge, Micah Coleman, 455 snaps to transfer. Defensive line, Alex Merritt to transfer. And starting off offensive guard, Zach Conti, 624 snaps to transfer. So uh, South Alabama top wide receiver, Colin Lacey, 1,300 yards, will transfer. Uh, star running back, Ladanian Webb is opting out. And star... Starting left tackle, Jordan Davis missed the finale with an injury, so he could be back. He might not. Net yards per play, South Alabama is like plus 2.02. I mean, dude, there is no stat that shows that Eastern Michigan can really do anything here. Uh, South Alabama is better in every single facet of the game, really. South Alabama 17th in EPA margin. Eastern Michigan's 95th, and I don't even know how they're that. They're that high. I think I'd figure in the hundreds. This, this is the worst bowl team 
But at the same time, you know, Kane Womack, just one bowl, 0-1 against the spread in bowls, and Chris Creighton's 4-1. Second largest spread in bowl season, and this is probably going to be the largest if Oregon guys opt out of the Fiesta Bowl. The scariest thing is this Chris Creighton is like a 1 billion and 3 against the spread as a double digit dog. I don't know what the number is. It's massive. It's in the 60% at least, maybe 70. I, is there value on that because of them? Maybe. They just slow stuff down, muck it up, you know, hold your nose type situation, big special teams. But man, it is not a very, very exciting game or an exciting play to make i mean if you just play the trend itself which i might end up doing personally it'd be pizza money and it'd be eastern michigan but i am absolutely in no rush to play this disgusting bowl next ball the las vegas bowl utah versus northwestern northwestern plus six and a half total is 41.5 at allegiance stadium in las vegas nevada utah's motivations medium so you know this situation i think that utah kind of had higher expectations but still a cool place to play but northwestern's motivation is gonna be at least medium high great bowl ending a great season overcoming expectations for the wildcats david braun coach is gonna have them fired up and he deserves all the credit there's gonna be nothing for home i know utah's closer but both teams are gonna show key guys missing utah's quarterback nate johnson is expected to enter the transfer protocol portal but bryson barnes will however play Either way, they're kind of rotated throughout the season, being that uh, their quarterback from last year, Cam Rising, couldn't remember his name for a second, is, is uh, not ready to play probably, and he'll play next year. Uh, wide receiver Mikey Matthews, 345 snaps, going to transfer. Cornerback Davis Broughton, 434 snaps to transfer. Wide receiver Devon Valley, 669 snaps. A lot of starting guys opting out. Two receivers there, a corner. Utah lost also two very important defensive starters earlier to the season in injury. Linebacker Lander Barton and Edge, Logan Fano. Northwestern holdouts, none. Net yards per play, Utah is plus .49 in the matchup. Uh, basic stats, you know, kind of mucked up. Northwestern's terrible at running the ball, 2.95 yards per rush, and Utah's defense can stop it, allowing only 3.22 yards per rush. But uh, Northwestern's going to throw the ball some. Uh at the same time, it's not like Utah runs the ball great. 4.37 yards per rush, ranking 67th, and Northwestern's defense allows it at 4.23. Uh, Utah can't pass the ball either. And Utah has the harder strength to schedule, but this total at 41 really tells you everything you need to know. Um, Northwestern has just been amazing over the past four or five games here. A rough finish for Utah, though. They lost to Washington, Arizona, and they beat a bad Colorado team at home only by six in their last game. Northwestern, much better finish. They beat Wisconsin, uh, a couple other big names, and uh, literally made a bowl. Was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten and even close to all college football, and they just overcame expectations here. This is a play on Northwestern here for sure. I'm playing Northwestern at six and a half here. I know Kyle Willingham is ten and six against the bowl as a coach or against the spread as a coach, but this just screams motivation uh, for Northwestern. Nobody's sitting out here, not looking forward to next year. They're going to finish out, and uh, I just love Northwestern in this spot. Plus six point five, Northwestern is the play. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? 
Next game, the Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. San Jose State is a massive minus 10.5, total 52.5. Both teams are different on motivation, I think. Coastal Carolina is going to be low. It's a great destination, but I I, I doubt these kids ever get to see Hawaii from the East Coast or that often. Uh, I think it's more vacation for them, and San Jose State's motivation is high. This team was being a business trip. They go here every other year. They should want to win this game and show that they should have been in the Pac-12 championship, that they're the true Mountain West champs. I have a massive strength schedule, or or sorry, not strength schedule, motivational uh, difference here. No home field, maybe a little bit more for San Jose State being on the West Coast, but key guys missing a lot for Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall, their quarterback, is going to miss. Starting wide receiver Jared Brown, running back C.J. Beasley, starting linebacker J.T. Killen. Uh, there's a chance some still might play, but it won't be grace of a call. Starting Nickelback, Juan Powell. Missed the final two games, too. San Jose State, just starting left tackle Fernando Carmona at 765 snaps will uh, opt out for the draft. And uh, tight end Dominic Mezzotti will opt out and transfer as well. So uh, net yards per play, San Jose State's actually the better one at plus .38. Uh, the basic stats here, both teams should have some success running the ball. Coastal Carolina ranks 61st to San Jose State's defense, ranking 101st. But San Jose State's offense, 7th. And Coastal Carolina's defense, 98th. So both defenses can't stop the run. San Jose State's just the better at running the ball. Uh, QBR is kind of a push, really, in both categories. But there is something to this key stats that's, you know, the important thing. Grayson McCall. It is. It's Grayson McCall missing. So how can you even factor in QBR for this game? San Jose State, number three in rush EPA. Well, Coastal Carolina, 101st in defensive rush EPA. I think San Jose State's going to have the better rushing advantage. Coach Bowl ATS, Brett Brennan of San Jose State's only 0-2, though. So we don't know enough about Coastal yet. Um, Verdict, I just think without Grayson McCall, Coastal has no chance. San Jose State's improved greatly. They're going to want to prove that they're the team that won the Mountain West. I, I could see a large number here, and this is why your spread is minus 10.5. But, man, I just don't know how good backup Jared Guest is, really, for Coastal Carolina. I don't. And he did okay versus Marshall and Army. So the, now that it's past the 10, I missed the number. I'm just going to give you a lean for San Jose State. I wish I could play it, but I cannot. Now we move on to Tuesday, December 26th. Also, why the hell is there no games on Monday? I find that kind of weird. <laughs> All right, well, here we are. Tuesday, some big bowl games. And we're going to start right out with the quick lane bowl. Bowling Green versus Minnesota. Minnesota minus four total, 39.5. Another nice, ugly, low total. Bowling Green's motivation's high. Uh, this is, by the way, in Detroit, Michigan. Not a great destination, but good opponent to try to beat. Power five team. And Minnesota's motivation's low. Ugly opponent to face and a bad destination. Home, Bowling Green only 80 miles away. Not sure how many Gophers are going to show up here. Probably not a lot. Uh, key guys missing. Bowling Green stud, cornerback Jalen Husky, 624 snaps to transfer. Uh, running back Tyron Keith, 373 snaps to transfer. And starting safety Trent Sims, 418 snaps. Hasn't played since week 10. But he's injured, and maybe he comes back. Uh, Minnesota starting quarterback uh, Ethan Kalik Manis. 773 snaps to transfer backup quarterback Drew Viado to transfer too. So I assume 
quarterback Cole Kramer with six snaps only this season is going to start. Monitor the status of Minnesota running back Darius Taylor too. But starting starter safety, uh, Darius Green and linebacker Maverick Baranowski missed the finale. Um, so I, I wonder if they're going to play in this game. Also keep an eye on future pro uh, safety Tyler Newbin at 768 snaps. I'm going to imagine he sits out. Uh, net yards per play is actually Bowling Green plus 1.1, right? But um, Minnesota's strength of schedule is much higher. 49th to Bowling Green's 110th. So you have a big strength of schedule, you know, difference here. And it, it, you can't really say the net yards per play is 1.1. But, man, with all the issues with Minnesota going on right now, there's no way I can be on that side. Bowling Green, they play in the MAC, Minnesota, the Big Ten. And strength schedule does matter to this handicap, but you still have Minnesota as a favorite without two of their main quarterbacks. Uh, Minnesota on their third-string quarterback, Cole Kramer, I don't think he's that good because he's a senior. If he was, he'd play more. Minnesota should be able to run the ball. 110th in opponent wrestling success rate um, for Bowling Green. So I, I think they should be able to run the ball some, but... The Gophers' only highlight of the year is beating Iowa by two points in just an ugly Iowa-type game. Both teams play very slow, but I see value past the three for the Falcons because I believe this is going to be an ugly game. You have a very low total of 39. That's what makes me go towards Bowling Green here. I'm going to play Bowling Green in a motivational spot. I think they keep it close with Minnesota, and they might even win this game. Uh, less players sitting out, less important player sitting out bowling green plus four you got to play that one uh for small amount probably i'm not going to put a large one but i like bowling green plus four the first responder bowl rice versus texas state texas state minus four total is 60 at general j ford stadium in dallas texas texas state's motivations high rice motivations high they're playing in-state rivalry here so i expect them both to be very motivated and both of them are almost exactly 245 miles from dallas so i find that interesting too texas state uh the key guy is missing uh left guard dorian strawn 727 snaps and wide receiver joey holbert didn't dress for, for the finale so you wonder if they're injured still defensive end chase main hasn't played since week 11 in rice quarterback jt daniels is medically retired he's done aj paget will likely get the start at quarterback and starting linebacker chris conti 359 snaps hasn't played since week nine for rice net yards per play texas state is about a plus 0.18 really not much there of a difference uh, some of the basic stats rushing game should favor texas state ranking 36 in rushing success rate to 65th on rice's defense but rice's offense uh, has the passing uh, advantage ranking 42nd in QBR to Texas State's defense only 116th in opponent QBR but Texas State's offense uh, also has a uh, a passing advantage ranking 21st in QBR Rice's defense against QBR is 78th key stats let me both run the ball frequently that's why you have low total turnover margin minus eight for texas state and minus seven for rice so both of them turn the ball over a lot so this game might be decided on turnovers uh coach ats for bowl games mike bloomgrim for rice is oh for one verdict jt daniels is done with football right and freshman aj paget should get the nod here in my opinion right i think he's gonna get it 
He's actually done okay. 63.5 completion percentage. I feel like this is spread this spread is a, a bit high even with the backup in for Rice, but I'm just not quite ready to fire on it yet. I'm le- I'm leaning Rice at plus 4. <clears throat> um just not sure yet. I I'm not to the level where I want to fire on a team. And it, it, actually it's climbing up to five and a half now. So this is looks like some more money is coming in on Texas State because of that quarterback thing. Um, and that's just a big question. But, hey, you've seen different things happen. If this thing gets to seven, I'm just going to have to take a shot here, in my opinion. So I'll lean the rice at five and a half, six. Now it's starting to pop in some areas too. Um, it's how quickly these things change. It's like I'm talking about it. I write down four, and it's already up to five and a half, six. And finally, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. UNLV versus Kansas. Kansas minus 12.5, total 64.5 at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Has offered some free tickets to this. Probably won't be going. <laughs> I have no interest in not seeing this on TV with other sports. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a college football fan, but I'm a bigger TV fan when it comes to football. Uh, UNLV's motivation is high. Uh, they get to play a Power 5 team. It's always nice. And Kansas's motivation is medium. Not a great opponent, but we'll see because Lance Leopold is 5-1 and one against spread in bowl games, so maybe they are motivated. Home field, UNLV is about 300 miles away, so I do think they show up. One-point advantage for UNLV. Key guys missing. Kansas offense coordinator Andy Kotelnicki uh, has transferred, or actually transferred, taken the job at Penn State. And right tackle Bryce uh, Cabadou, is 668 snaps missed the final regular season game is possibly out and starting guard Michael Ford Jr. left the final game with an injury and UNLV safety Cameron Jenkins to transfer 381 snaps running back Courtney Reese a backup 209 snaps to transfer and starting safety Jet Elad 578 snaps didn't play in the conference championship game two to an injury so we have to watch him as well net yards per play favors Kansas at plus 1.287 margin over UNLV. It's pretty big. Uh, basic stats here. Uh, UNLV should be able to have success running the ball, ranking 46th in rushing success to Kansas State's defense at 89th, but Kansas's offense ranking 8th in rushing the ball to UNLV's defense ranking 81st should even have more success. This is why you're seeing a big spread here. Kansas's offense uh, on, on QBR, 16th in QBR, UNLV's defense opponent at 98th in QBR now. Uh, UNLV, not a great passing team. Kansas's strength of schedule is much harder at 21st compared to UNLV's at 91st. So keep that in mind. This is another reason why you're seeing such a big spread. You don't get a lot of opt-outs here for this Lance Leopold team, right? That, I think that's important. Um, and, and this is why a lot of people aren't really seeing UNLV as a contender because they're net negative yards per play. They're kind of like the Oklahoma State of the Mac, in my opinion. Um, they probably had no business really being in the championship game, and Boise State really showed that. They're fun to watch, and their coach did a wonderful job this year. But, man, as much as I like Barry Odom, I'm leaning Kansas. 24th in offensive explosiveness, while UNLV ranks 115th in allowing explosive plays. I would like more info on Kansas's injuries here. I'm going to wait. It's still 12 and a half. It's kind of in the nowhere land between 13 and a half and, uh, and 10 and a half. I'm okay if I, I don't, if I miss out on this number. I'm going to lean Kansas here, even with the massive spread. I just think Kansas is just a much better team and a much better offensive power 
they don't play as fast as people think, but in my opinion, Kansas is the only way I could look against a kind of a fraudulent team in UNLV. All right, my friends, that is your college football bowls. We'll cover Wednesday and Thursdays, the 27th and 28th, for Tuesday's show at the Odds Breakers. Now it's time for our wonderful guest, Mr. Andy Molitor from Betsperts and the Deep Dive Podcast. All right, now I'm very pleased to welcome back the co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast as well as the Director of Content at Betsperts and Mr. Andy Molitor from Betsperts.com. You can follow Andy on X at Andy MSFW. Jolly old St. Andy is back, and it is our Christmas show, and it is Christmas time, Andy. Are you in the holiday spirit? My shopping is done. So, like, that that's when I'm finally, like, not stressed out anymore. I've gotten everything. The kids have all the – I got the wife's presents. I do. We do each other's stockings. I got that taken care of. I mean, I, there's still a couple things that have to show up today from Amazon, and – they better show up. But otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm now I'm in the spirit. Add a boy. Uh, we're hosting. We're hosting a Christmas the weekend after. So this weekend should just be chill, watch football, hang with the immediate family, open some presents, and maybe not even get out of your pajamas on Monday. Oh, you shouldn't. Don't get out of your pajamas. No reason to. Uh, definitely have your share of whatever you like to do. Uh, yeah, it, it's stressful until you're done. And then all of a sudden, that last second, like, holy shit, I forgot that person uh, will pop up. And it, it, you can think of it now. It's not going to – it won't pop to come to mind. It will only come to mind right before you need it. So um, that's what usually happens to me. And I'm almost done too. Amazon is my go-to shopping place as well. I think it's been like that for a few years yeah. now. Love, love me some uh, Prime, my friend. Uh, it, next door delivery, or sometimes, sometimes they deliver even on the same day. So that's always that's always good, Andy. What we got going on here? Lots of football, lots of football yeah. coming up, and uh, NFL Week 16. And there's no bye weeks no more, Andy. We have a full slate of games, but a little of these games are a little bit ugly. Would you not say? Yeah, there's some pretty ugly ones, and basically. As I was looking at my, you know, my power ratings today, there is a a real heavy basement, basement full of teams. Like there's a lot of bad teams. There's those bad teams, but the teams that are just better than the bad teams, there's just like 15 of them. It's such a mess from like, and I guess I'm I'm fine putting the Lions in with the other big six, seven, eight teams, you know, but everybody past the Lions down to like. The rest of the team, it, it's pretty rough, like, as far as the gap. So, I, I, you know, I have the Niners, gap. The other good six teams, gap. Mm-hmm. And then Detroit, little gap. And then, you know, what, where do you go from there? It's like Tampa, Minnesota, the Rams. You know, those aren't great teams. So it's uh, it's really tough with some of these because there's so many teams that are just so close to each other and, you know, where I have them you know, rated right now, where the market has them rated. It, it makes it tricky, and obviously later in the year the market is just more informed, so it, it makes it tough. Oh, I agree. Like my for my power rings, I have the thirteenth team as the average team, not the sixteenth or seventh, right? Because it really drops. You know, I just yeah. Drew and I were talking about that as well. Our 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 center point just keeps going up and up and up, and the the mean and the median are nowhere near each other. It's a it's a little different kind of year, isn't it? Oh God, yeah, it, and it's like the top just makes the bottom so much worse and you're right the median and the mean has been going up and up and that's a great way to put it uh 
Man, I, it, and it, it makes this handicap very interesting here because there's just it, it feels like the variance is high. Um, it, hopefully, some of that stuff gets nipped in the future. You know, there's a lot of issues with the NFL going on right now. There's a lot of injuries here. I think quarterbacks getting smoked out of the pocket and things like that. But uh, stuff that we the injury report's always something in the last few years that we've been really keen on. So even though this podcast, you know, we recorded on Wednesday and it comes out Thursday, it's still not late enough in some cases. So we can just do the best we can and pass on some of these situations. You know, we have. Uh, as a Bears fan, you... you well, and, and sometimes that's just good information to pass. Like, you know, what, what we're doing here, recording it on Wednesday, just like, this is the stuff we're waiting for. Yep. These are the injuries you need to... You probably need to know about before you can make an informed decision. And, you know, it, it's, what, 3 Eastern right now? There's, you know, it's going to start... We're going to start getting more and more of the, the West Coast injury reports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll have some sort of idea. But even like you said, it's still just Wednesday. There's so many people that take Wednesday off as just a rest day for vets. And, you know, sometimes guys are just still getting a little more physical therapy yeah. before they can fully go. So, truthfully, like Thursday and Friday reports are the big ones. For sure. Friday, for sure. Yeah, the, the big names will rest more. And, and you would think they're injured. They have a questionable, but they're completely fine to play. That's what you got to shuffle through, really. But there's just so much fraud out there. You know, it's like teams that are just so close to the playoffs, they just crumble. You know, like the Bears were actually really had an open spot last week with all the losses, you know, and then the Saint, you know, Vikings lose the night before the Packers lost. And then they just blow it. You know, it's just these are fraudulent teams. And the one of these fraudulent teams is going to make the playoffs. And I and as a favorite, you the other team that they're playing, you really have to consider, unless it's another one of those teams, of laying these points, man, because these these teams just don't want to win. Yeah, I, I looked at the kind of the playoff picture, and I did my I did you know I have my fully upgraded up, updated power ratings on Wednesday morning. I have everything through. Obviously, you know there's still some things that can change with big injuries like quarterbacks and whatnot. But I, I ran it through, and I did some season sims, and came out at the end, and it looks like it's going to be such a mess. Unlike the the AFC side, basically. I think I had a pretty decent chance that they're going to be six teams with 10 wins. Yeah. You know, and obviously one of those is going to be the AFC South champ, but it still creates like a weird five-way tie situation for some of these, uh, for some of these, you know, the wild cards. And the, the NFC honestly wasn't that much better. There was a bunch of teams that were going to be kind of stuck at the eight, nine win section, and there could be a, a bunch of weird tiebreakers as well. So there's going to be some teams with the same record as playoff teams for sure left out. All right, yeah, absolutely. And that's now that we, you know, last couple of years have the seventh team in now, it's just it, more frauds coming in, you know, and you can think about the same in other sports like the NBA and stuff like that. The more teams you add, the more – uh, yeah. chances that you're not going to get a good game in the in the beginning here, uh, and, and these teams will be ready. There's no more rest spots or letdowns or or just looking kind of tr- trying to heal yourself. They're going full bore when it comes to playoffs, so I'll be expected. I'll be ready wild card weekend of fire, even on some of the favorites. But either way, uh, last time I had you on beginning of the season. We talked about some exotic markets, and I know you have to have a few of these things still alive, Andy. Uh, I, I've lost my fair share, dude. I have, but I have a few alive, too, so I'd like to ask you first. Uh, what do you still have going on for the futures that have a possible chance of hitting? I do have a few um, smaller bets. Like I have a weird thing about if I, even if I suggest something, if I say, like, hey, this isn't a bad bet, 
eventually I'll, I'll go and put a few bucks on it. Sure. It's like, I have this weird superstition about that where it's like, oh man, I, I said this was a good idea and I didn't bet it. How, you know, how stupid am I at this point? But, but you know, I, I did some writing uh, the newsletter over the summer when we were just firing it up. There wasn't much football yet before we get to preseason. So I started writing about all the awards markets. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of dead tickets, obviously, in that, but I have Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey. You know, the preseason, I had to pull up the newsletter here. What was my, oh, my third one was Hertz. I forgot about Hertz at 30 to 1, but preseason, <laughs> the best numbers you get on Tyreek and McCaffrey was 15 for McCaffrey and 20 for Tyreek. And uh-huh. I mean, obviously, that's just been a two man race for the, the whole year. That's basically, you know, and those weren't big bets, but still, it felt good, like getting you know what five six weeks in and realizing like oh one of these two is probably winning if they both don't leave with season-ending injuries that's what i've been a strong proponent of shanahan slowing down on how many carries cmc gets but he those flipped actually this week because Tyreek sat out he was uh minus 200 favorite now it's cmc minus two like 175 something like that Man, my I have some bad ones though, too. I that's I, for offensive I, player I, of the year offensive player of yeah the year, offensive right? player of the year okay because i still and, got it, that it really, alive yeah, I, I, I guess. It really. Oh, go ahead. No, and it, it really, yeah, that, that one, I, I really think that one's coming home. But the stranger things have happened, but, like, it's going to be nice because some of the other ones from preseason were, like, Eberflus, Coach of the Year. <laughs> I mean, some, some real stinkers to go along with that. You know, my rookie, I have, like, a Zay Flowers, Rookie of the Year. You just can't I say it that much. Just, even if you're thinking it, just don't say it. Maybe that's it. Uh, no, actually, I, I feel the same way. If I, if I say something and it hits, I'll be pissed. It, it's like I have to bet it now. I leave his 10 bucks. I have to bet it. And that's, you know, that pizza money. I have no problem with people making pizza money bets and stuff like that anyway on these situations. You know, it's fun. And uh, we, we don't run over that. But I do have CMC at 15-1. to 1. We did cover that one. So I'm, I, there you I, go. I'm, 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 that's yeah, one that's I, so I mean, live. If, if Tyreek <laughs> sits this way, if Tyreek sits again, I might be locked up. I mean, it, it's getting there. What if he gets MVP, though? What if something happens and Brock Purdy shit, you know, craps the bed? And, uh, <sighs> that, just, that would it's, kill it's, it. It's so hard. It's so hard for him. Yeah. You know, a, a running back now. I, I really think it'll be a really, really crazy year. Okay. Not only from the running back, but all the good quarterbacks have to be bad. You know, at that point, I just, just don't think he's a actual candidate. Yeah, I mean, I had him. He's my biggest one at fifteen to one at a half unit, and I think I had um, T.J. Watt most sacks, and he does have the most sacks by like one. I think it's like one and a half, right? Yeah, Daniel Hunter is right there, isn't he? Yes, he's right under him. And so, I but I have eight point five to one on that for a half unit. So those are my ones that are still alive. I mean, I have like C.J. Stroud most interceptions, and the dude's like been the bet one of the best I've seen at not throwing picks. You know, it's like why didn't I bet him as offensive rookie of the year instead? Now he's got to get back playing. I have Aiden O'Connell. That's I thought at hundred to one it's good. Well, I just checked; he's two fifty to one now for offensive rookie. Yeah, and, and the nice part too about your most sacks bet is Daniel Hunter has to play the Lions. Uh, you know, two straight week or two weeks out of three. That's a pretty good offensive line. Uh, maybe maybe get skunk there on the sacks because he's he's an animal for sure. Yeah, golf has been good at getting rid of the ball. Um, he can see he can feel the pressure coming better than he has before in the past, and they roll him out a lot. I. Maybe. I mean, I hope hope you're right because, you know, most regular season passing yards, Justin Herbert, that's dead. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, jo- Joey Porter's dead. Um, 
and then my, my other one was MVP Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. Drew, Drew did talk me into some uh, Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's a slight favorite. It's just been a three three horse race all year basically like who had the biggest play on prime time or who you know watt brings that touchdown back he's the favorite you know we, we have a big game from garrett he's the favorite parsons is just all around good and he's never gotten the award like he's he's the favorite right now he took a little step back last week but uh that one's still a three-man race i'd like to get parsons home that wasn't a very big number he was the favorite when it opened but we still liked it but yeah coach coach of the year i'm I'm drawing very dead on anything I have there. Rookie of the year, my other tickets were like Jaden Reed and, um, gosh, I had maybe maybe like Rasheed Rice or something. I, I put in another long shot wide receiver for a few bucks that was never going to be close. Uh, obviously, I love Zay Flowers. That one isn't coming home. That one's probably decided. I never did get involved in defensive rookie. I don't think yeah. that was a that was a tricky one too with the the Will Anderson pricing preseason. Oh yeah, it, it was, and I just thought Porter could, you know, with with T.J. Watt there, might force some interceptions. Just wasn't enough for that one, but it was fun. And uh, if I can just hit th- these two, I'm going to be profitable. I'm kind of hoping for it uh, during the year. There's some bets made from people. I, I didn't do much this year during the year. I think um, I was just more focused on the lines itself. But either way, uh, we're we got a huge slate to talk about so we probably should jump right into that yeah let's get to week 16 where i've made i've only made the one bet so far but we're starting to work towards a few more well that's good we can talk it through then and we'll start with the thursday game and thursday we have a uh terrible matchup here right uh yeah the saints and the rams (laughs) i mean it's not as terrible as it could be but um the rams actually here's the thing the rams were my biggest season win total over or under seven and a half but i did buy some back at six and a half thank god but i'm still over invested in the under seven and a half now my problem is what they have seven wins now (laughs) it's either six or seven they have i I think they might have seven i'll have to double check but uh this is you know a favorite they they do they're seven and seven currently Uh, okay and and this in this game they just announced Olave's going to play. I assumed Olave's going to play. I think the Saints are just more... This is a... I bet the Saints, and, and I bet them at four and a half. But this is just a low-confidence game. You know, I kind of, after the bet, like a day or two, looked deeper. And I, I thought to myself that, man, this is... I could see the Saints getting beat bad, and I could see them maybe winning this game. Uh, I, I just thought giving the Rams too much credit here... I thought the line was, and I know Nakua and Cup are are, are healthy, and, and the Rams are actually the healthiest I've seen in a while. But I mean, the, the motivations there for both teams, both are trying to make the playoffs. It doesn't mean they're going to win. I just thought the spread was a little too high. My numbers don't say. My numbers say close to three. So I, I made the play. I'm not super excited about it. What about you? Yeah, let me. I just I don't know why I didn't have this open, but I should pull up my stuff for the week i'm just short of three and it depends how you feel about some of the injuries up front for the rams and how much alave matters i think he does matter um getting him and shahid on the field would be great especially if you had some pretty good receivers start the season and it hasn't been uh it hasn't kind of come to fruition last week a little bit of a you know mirage win that's a bad team you beat a bad team your defense looked good again because it was a bad offense like it's still a defense that has taken a big blow since you know Lattimore got hurt, and yeah. they've had some just uh, you know att- attrition by by subtraction and the fact that 
maybe they just didn't have that good of a defense to start with. It looked awfully good to start the season. You know, it's still rated fairly highly, but we've seen a few games against good teams where it just hasn't looked nearly as good. So I think, yeah, the only matchup you, that matters for anyone here looking at this game is do you think they can limit the, the passing game for Stafford? And it's probably going to come down if they can get any pressure. Can they get pressure up the middle? Can they get, you know, can they get to him? Can he, it's been an okay offensive line, I guess. I'm going to have to look at my actual ratings for them. I know they have some... Some guys are a little questionable this week, and it's been a lot better since they've been able to run the ball. Kyron Williams matters a lot to this team some for some reason. Like when they have some semblance of a running game, this offense moves a lot smoother. Um, I, I was surprised we didn't see a little more overaction, I guess, with uh, with Alave in and how the Rams have t- taken some money to the over this year. But not a strong opinion. It would I would lean. Saints, but I also hate them. That's a <laughs> uh, speaking of futures. So, well, speaking of futures, I do have some Saints to win the division <clears throat> at a plus number I took earlier in the year. I don't love it. My numbers right now say that uh, it would be you know Tampa Bay should be the favorites. I would. I'm projecting Tampa Bay. I mean, it's like an election. I'm, a, I'm projecting projecting Tampa Bay is taking these votes, but. It's uh, it's not something I love right now. So essentially, I'm invested in the Saints a little bit as it is. I'll be staying off. You know, it's funny. The uh, Tampa's now in the position to do what the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers did last week: choke. You know, they, it's almost like you just give them an option, get, get, let them get a win, and then they, they blow it. And that's well, even the Falcons. The Falcons were uh, yeah had a terribly easy opponent last week, and they could have kept the you know kept a nice lead there in the division and. Instead, now they have like a 20% chance to even make the playoffs. Yeah. The EPA on the shows defensive uh, for the defense on the Saints is, is good. And, and even that Lattimore, he's been out, what, three, four weeks now, I'd say. I think it was mid, mid-November he's he got injured, I believe, against the Vikings, actually. They, they've still kind of held their own. But you're right, the, the schedule's crap, though. You know, it, it's kind of bolstering their stats, and now you have a powerful – Rams offense with two very healthy receivers, and I, that Lattimore does worry me. So that's kind of where my regrets started coming in. Is what you just said there is the is is the passing the deep passing game. I think uh, you know the ten yards and plus out routes and fade routes and stuff that they the Kua and uh, and Cup should eat this team alive. And let's not forget they also have a pretty good tight end in Higby. Is he coming back? Uh, I have to check. But I think his status has just been up in the air for the past three weeks. I don't know. It's uh, that's my afternoon project just to catch up on somebody. I, I was talking to Drew this morning about like, do you have any? Are you seeing anything on this? Like, we just weren't getting good Will Levis updates. You know, there's just a few guys. Who's like, I'm not hearing anything. So, yeah, the, but, the, the injury thing's been weird. It's especially when it came to that uh, Seattle Eagles game. It's just like seriously, we can't get a starting quarterback for this game. You know, yeah. fifteen minutes before we're going. Hell, it's you're. I mean, this so. don't don't turn into the NBA, please. NFL, don't turn into the NBA. No, and, and so that's my that's my worry. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Derek Carr, he's a dog here, and that it's past the four, it's past the three, and that's where I looked at it. I still stick with the Saints as least as lean at the four right now. Let's look at the next game. We got the Bengals at the Steelers. The Steelers are plus two, total thirty-seven. I, I, my, the only thing I'm going to say here is. Is Pickett going to play? Because 
I think I would bet the Steelers if Pickett, but if he's not, I don't think Mason Rudolph is anything. I think he's just as bad as Mitch or worse. I would play the Bengals. That's literally where I'm at at the two. Now, you have to be fast because I think other people are thinking the same thing I am. But um, it's a terrible spot for the Bengals, and it's just a great spot for the Steelers, a rallying spot. We still can make the playoffs. Uh, the Bengals kind of a little fat and happy with Jake Browning, what he's doing, and now without Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is a beast, but, man, this is this has got to end at some point, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, too, with injuries. It's not something I want to touch early in the week because all starting safeties uh, – were I think not just limited but missed Minka and I can't think of the other guy's name right now for for the Steelers they have Hayward in the concussion protocol like you you did get Watt and Highsmith back from their concussions right off the bat but man like if you're missing both starting safeties it's a it's a secondary that can be attacked as it is and you know even without Chase like you said you got Higgins you got Boyd you got a couple tight ends um, you've got this uh, Brown who actually he was injured as well. Now. No, he's a he's questionable or limited practice for the Bengals. Um, now, not one I'm super excited to touch. It does sound like Pickett is practicing, but they're they're not going to be able to get him the reps with the ones. They're not planning on getting him the reps with the ones. It sounds like it just it's going to be Rudolph. Pickett's high side would be he's fine and he dresses as like an emergency quarterback or something and maybe like a, a next week kind of thing for him. Is that what you it believe though? It, it, because Tomlin's BS'd us before, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's going to come down to me like checking with the beat reporters and seeing what they're actually seeing at practice. Like mm-hmm. if Mason is taking all the snaps with the ones, like, I, I don't know why you would try that kind of subterfuge and just be, you know, self-defeating to not let your story starting quarterback take the take the snaps with next week's game plan so uh kind of something i'm going to dig into this afternoon it's on my list of going through the <laughs> steelers steelers beat reporters see what they saw at practice today because i i think it's probably just going to be rudolph which i thought i'd be a da- bigger downgrade i didn't realize how poorly mitch had played i'm like oh man i thought we we're going to drop heavily but i only dropped it like a point for oh i dropped him a lot more than that i as a as a, bear, yeah, I, I had, as a, I as had a bears mitch, fan mitch i is very bad <laughs> It's a Bears fan. I saw how lost this dude's been over the past, uh, well, years. But I, he, even like this year, he's one read, and if he even hits that, he's just toast. And, uh, yeah, not a good quarterback. But he is Mason Rudolph. So I've been fading the Steelers, thank goodness. They've been my um, little bit of – I was on the Colts last week. It was just one of those spots where I kind of just – I felt like I knew more than the market. It's very rare. <laughs> but it's like one of those, like, dude, Mitch is – more of a downgrade is what I thought. But here's the weird thing. Joe Burrow, is he a complete dick or something to this team? Because now they're playing out of their ass. They have not been playing well for Joe Burrow, but they're playing great for Jake Browning. I mean, what does it take? You know, uh, the risk. Yeah, yeah, we just never, we, we really didn't get many games of him at 100%. And a big part, it's just like getting this Brown involved in the offense, Chase Brown, rather than just trying to, I mean, Mixon wasn't, Mixon wasn't somebody that they, you know, I don't think really trusted to be the, you know, the future bell cow or anything. So the the fact that they're able to do a little more in the run game, and obviously he's killer in some of these screens as well. I think that's been a big part of it. And just you know having Higgins healthy, having everyone healthy. Mm-hmm. I can't think. I think Boyd has been for the most part in, but Higgins obviously missed missed a little bit here and there as well. So the team for the most part is healthy, and yeah, just kudos to the coaching staff and and Browning for keeping it all together through this. Yeah, 100%. It's 
because it's a bad defense. Like this is the Bengals are a bad defense. So you get kind of weakness on weakness there with Mason Rudolph versus a terrible defense. I'm, I'm not. I'm not excited to get involved in this one. I'm not either. But I don't even want to tease it. It's just highly variant. I, I. I almost. I would have to take the Bengals if I had to make a play right now. But I'm just going to lean the Bengals uh, if yeah. you think if we think Pickett's not going to play. Is Steelers. That- Steelers were in a teaser spot last week too, and I avoided them. I just said good, I good. I, I don't know if I can do this with Mitch, man. Good, good call. Uh, and with, with Mason too, that there's just too many. There's too many situations where Bengals win this by 15 without even looking that good. 100. There is way too many situations where the Bengals could could uh, just you know exploit the the quarterback again. And that Steelers offensive line isn't looking that good either. So. A lot of issues with Steelers. I mean, you got to remember, they fired Canada a couple weeks ago, and it's not like they had they they replaced him, even though he wasn't good. It's like you didn't do anything, you know. No, they haven't got any better. So there you go. Both, uh, Bills Chargers Chargers plus eleven and a half now. This was just plus twelve. Little money might have moved this. Uh, total is at forty four. What do you have for this one? Yeah, some early openers were way off on this. This place was fourteen and a half. People said. Ooh, even I can back east and stick at that kind of number. And, yeah, it can't feel good to, you know, start watching that game, but you're probably going to have a good number if you took, you know, even the 13 and a half. So I think that was probably too much. I can't even get the number out to that far. Obviously, I've had to make a a decent size adjustment. With with, uh, Herbert in, you know, this is is probably like a touchdown. Um, As much as I've... I've hated the Chargers, so it's crazy. We're getting that big of adjustment. I don't know if it was quite that big from Herbert to Easton. He's been rough, but saw a little bit against the Raiders in, in garbage time. Slash, I mean, technically, where did garbage time start for that team? You know, pretty quick. So midway through the second quarter, when they were down by, I stopped looking know, at the. I stopped looking at the score at that time um, because I was yeah. one of those idiots that grabbed the three and a half when it popped, and it came back down to three. That was an unbelievable game that that happened with a, a total that low just that the Raiders suddenly just well I mean they got a lot of plus field position that was a big part of the issue but Chargers with extra time and kind of Bills have all the pressure here like they can't screw this game up like they, they're the ones with the, the Chargers have nothing to play for they, you know the, the players who have contracts the players who need to play well and they're going to play hard but, uh, you know, a lot of footloose and fancy free from everyone else. Like, there's not a lot of expectations for Easton Stick. Keenan Allen missed practice again today. That's pretty rough. But, yeah, all the pressures on the Bills here. I don't I don't love laying this many points on the road, even even after last week. Oh, I, it's like I, I have a rule, and I break this sometimes. You don't bet on a team that looked extra great and fade a team that looks extra bad the, the next week. You know, it, yeah. you, you are a losing better if you do that in general. And, um it, it, even even in saying that, I, I couldn't get to the Chargers. Um, my number is about uh, my power is ten and a half. My algorithm is uh, uh, twelve and a half. So it's like I'm not even. I, I wasn't near the fourteen either. But I, I don't want to. There's a coaching bump usually when a coach gets fired, especially if the team hated him, kind of like you saw with the Raiders. And we, we see this every yeah. year. What are we talk about we see this every year. We've been here a long time, but. Um, it, it, it's it's almost weird because it should have been a bump last week to stick. Like everyone's disbelieving him now. The new quarterback's going to come in. The team should rally a little bit. They didn't rally. They fumbled the ball away completely. They didn't care. They're out there. They weren't covering. 
You know, Asante Samuel wasn't covering. It, they didn't, it was weird. But now, with how embarrassed they are, I expect some sort of an effort. And you're right, the Bills coming off the Cowboys. Um, it's 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 an ugly game. There's going to be some sharp money still coming in, in my opinion, on the Chargers. It won't be any of my money coming in, but I, I, I just... This is stay away from me. I don't want anything to do with this game. Uh, next game, we have Sunday, the Packers at the oh. Panthers. And here we are. The Panthers are plus five in, in nowhere land and a very low total of 36 and a half, man. I'll tell you this. We used to be like, oh, you're laying points past the three when the total's under 40. I, that's not really happening this year, though. It's a little different this year, Andy. No, I mean, I missed the best of the number, but at these prices, it's still I would still consider Green Bay, which I probably won't do. You know, the, Carolina, you've seen a li- any life you've seen out of Carolina has been defensively. They have some good defensive players. They are at home. Like, probably, even at this low total, if I had to bet this game, it would be the under. Green Bay's defense is a huge liability. I just don't see... I don't see Carolina being able to exploit that. Even against, you know, against Atlanta last week, we just really, really didn't see them get going until you know one final drive. The Atlanta defense has had you know some nice play earlier in the season, but with some of the injuries, it's been up and down. Mm-hmm. Kind of lack of pass rush at time. The secondary's been beat up. Like uh, I would expect it a little more out of that team, and to the fact that they essentially just had, you know. Kind of one one drive that they got it done. I'm I'm not expecting them to be able to attack the Green Bay defense like we saw Baker Mayfield do last week. So this is an underlook because Green Bay, you know, that offense came back to earth a little bit. And like I said, there's a little bit of life in this Carolina defense at times on the road. And you know, even though it's not too far north, it's still a coastal kind of area. Not super close, but still, we get some weather in Carolina once in a while. You know, obviously, like we were talking about with, uh, we didn't mention it, but in that Pittsburgh game, keep an eye on that one too. We've had some weather these last few weeks. So. Oh, every game is supposed to, like, if you look at it, there's chances of rain in every game this week. Yeah. Pretty much. Even the Jets, slight chance of rain. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. And, and, and sometimes slight chance turns into a downpour, like we saw last week in a few games uh app state the college bowl game that app state game holy cow that was yeah. a hot freaking monsoon and you know it wasn't supposed to be that bad so it, it's definitely you got to look at the running game a lot this late in the season the packers should have a big edge running the football this panthers defense is very suspect against the run as a matter of fact uh the panthers are one of the worst teams next to denver against the run uh now the the packers are in a great spot and, you know, after that ugly loss at home, you expect them to rally. And Panthers are kind of in a letdown-ish spot. It's like you, you got your second win. You're not playing for a draft pick exactly. You don't want any more wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They, they lost their pick to the Bears, but I guess they can improve their second round or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's no sense in uh, – maybe who knows. Who knows, you know, at, at this point, just – whatever happens. But. I think they take they take uh, this game off if anything, but I can't I can't predict that. I just look at it as more of a chance of less effort, I guess, since you got the big division win, and I don't know. That's how I look at this game, and uh, I, I'm not laying the five. I, I got four. I got my number is at four point seven. I would I would assume if I had to lay it, I would lay the five. Uh, but I think a Packer money line type situation ain't bad, and I think. With the, t- with, the, with the points going down, 
I think money lines are a little bit better to look at this year if you want to pair it with something in spots. I, I'm not a big parlay guy, and I, don't pre, I preach usually against spread parlays, but I think the Packers win, and maybe you pair them with a, a Denver or something, and you can get almost even money with that. So, you know, that's my thoughts on that one. I've been having some success this year uh, in just those two games, sure. those two games, you know, two money line parlays. So that's where I'm looking at this one. I just, I just, I see the matchup uh, Packers running all over this team. All right, let's move on to the next game. And we have the Lions at the Vikings. And dang it, this moved up to three and a half now. The total is 47. You're up in Vikings land, Andy. Uh, uh, I'll let you start on this one. It looks like it hit the three. It came back up. It came back down. It came back up. I see a, a little fight here going on w- within this number. I'm a little lower on the Lions than some teams. This defense has been, you know, especially I split it out just over the last five, six weeks. Just, I mean, abhorrent in a few ways. They've, they've been very, very bad against the pass. Um, I guess kind of, you know, how you feel about Mullins is how you feel about this game. We see Brian O'Neill matters a ton if he's uh, in or out, and you know I guess we'll see on Madison as well. But I don't know if you're a Vikings fan, uh, you're probably hoping Madison sits another week. He saw some very lively play out of Ty Chandler. They probably should have got that win. I thought they were a little conservative with some of the defensive play calling late in that game. They should have been blitzing heavy like that. They don't have good coverage pieces, so by you know dropping eight, you're just sitting there with a bunch of guys who can't cover, and they were still finding spots in the zone so hopefully uh flores took something from that game because it's uh like i said this is a tough offensive line to play against they have two really good running backs even even being a little lower on the lions here i'd probably pass on minnesota even though my numbers like it a bit just uh you know playing well, i mean what, what do we have here for where this open it opened about three yeah yeah i'm i guess i'm fine i'm fine with this number it went up if and down. anything yeah if anything I was kind of considering this total. Uh, let's see, what do we open at? It has been bet up a little, not a ton. Detroit totals should probably be bet up at this point. If they're playing a defense they can get, they're they're good for 24, you know, and this uh, this defense isn't great. So maybe a slightly into the over, but probably staying away from this one. I have no idea. I have no reason to rush into this. I did kind of like the Lions at three. There's no way you're going to see anything under that. Uh, you're right about the Lions' defense, but Nick Mullins is just a bad clutch kind of quarterback, and he's—I think that just goes back to as far as I remember, even in the San Francisco days and things like that. I—I I, I think he is a very high prone of throwing picks and screwing up, and that's where the Vikings' D can fake look good. Maybe you know, um, I know that uh, they do have some injuries there, some guys to watch. Uh, I wonder if CJ Garner Johnson is coming back because he's supposed to this week. You know, he didn't last week. I was hoping it would be last week. Um, I missed out on that, by the way. I, I had a Vikings, I had Lions in a parlay. I didn't lay the four and a half, and obviously that was a very easy win for them. So I hate having to come back on them the very next week on an away game in a division when the Vikings are fighting and. You know, it's just not good for betting. You know, you miss the game that they kick butt in, and uh, you think you're going to go back on them again. You know, it's I hate that. You know, it just doesn't work. So I'll probably stay off this game, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, CJ GJ has been out forever with that pec injury. He's practicing. Um, the clock is whatever. Like, he's still on the IR, technically, I believe. 
leave mm-hmm. where he's in that spot where the clock is ticking for his return but oftentimes you don't find out about this stuff till like saturday when they say all right he practiced all week we'll activate him today you know because they don't have to i think they can activate him like the day of the game you know uh, in that 90 minute window or 90 minutes before game time i think you have up till then to actually say oh he's off ir he's starting this week so kind of a pain in the ass for us but i i think if you watch his practice reports if he practices in full this whole week he'll probably be good to go they need him they do need him the problem is they lost Liam mcneil and his uh and, and that's a big run clogger and that's where like you said ty chandler i thought he was better than madison i i i picked him up in fantasy he's been good uh I, I see them controlling the clock and running the ball and uglying up this game, and that's where they can cover and possibly win. If, if you get any type of Jared Goff that played the Bears or played the Packers, then the Vikings win this game outright. So that's the problem with this one as well. Um, and Vikings are borderline in that realm, too. Like you said, you barely have a lot. Yeah. Or the, or the Lions are borderline in that realm. I think that's funny. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next game. So no play here. We'll move on to the Browns Texans. Texans plus two and a half. Total is forty. I'm just te- I'm just gonna say I'm teasing the Texans. Uh, I'm teasing them up to eight and a half. I, that's uh, I shouldn't have to say more. They're fighting for the playoffs. The Browns Flacco is interception prone. They didn't deserve to win that game against the Bears. Well, just they played the right team to win. Be down by ten, I guess. But uh, that, easy tease you like for me. I, I, even with the backup quarterback, it's fine. Uh, you have an experienced quarterback there uh, as backup. And he did completely fine last week. Yeah, I'll probably throw it in teasers. It won't be super high on my list of uh, my favorite legs because I think both quarterbacks can be a little high volatility. But, you know, at, at this point, um, it should be a low-scoring, kind of ugly game that probably stays within, uh, you know, a score here. So You know what's interesting, you know interesting about this? Both these teams were dead nuts dead last week, and they both won. You know, yeah, blowing it up, just blowing up people's plays, uh, blowing up some survivor plays on Tennessee. Just, it, it's funny that they're playing each other because these were the two yeah. teams that. And I, it's funny. I think it speaks a lot to the Bears coaching staff. Oh, it does. Like a, 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 even even a marginal coaching staff wins that game against the Browns last week. You're throwing the ball with Fields when you're up by ten points with six minutes left. Incomplete stops the clock and then ten yard sacks. It's like there were, I mean that was the story last week. There was teams making bad decisions that cost them the game. You know, often you get it's like, oh man, they got away with that. But I mean the Bears didn't get away with it. Philly didn't get away with it. There's you know, all these Minnesota didn't get away with uh, you know, just running some really short, bad short yardage stuff in overtime. Like there's a bunch of teams that had victory and it just slipped away from them. That's why I call me. All of it. That's coaching. why. That's why I call him Eberlose, and I hope Eberlose goes <laughs> next year. Yeah, I don't. You won't be calling him much longer. I don't think. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, let's move on to the next game: Seattle versus Tennessee. Tennessee plus two and a half. Total forty-two. Now, letdown spot for Seattle. Uh, big win against the Eagles. They needed this win. The Titans. You think that this team should have nothing to play for now that they're out of the playoffs, but we've seen this before with them. They they play anyway because Vrabel's that kind of coach. He's going to make them play. Vrabel's not going to lose his job because of these guys. He's going to have them whipped him into shape, in my opinion. I don't know what's going on with Will Levis, but even without Will Levis, this is a teaser leg for me. You know, I'm teasing him, and uh, I'm partner. I'm going to partner him with the Texans. This is my two-dog teaser leg. I get home dogs a plus two-and-a-half, bring them to eight-and-a-half. What could go wrong, Andy? Yeah, and this one we were discussing this morning, like I said, I talked to Drew about this. Like the Levis injury, they downplayed it, but it looked kind of rough. 
and I said, you know, would they ever think of going to Cunningham? I hope, you know, Cunningham's a downgrade. Oh yeah, for sure. Willis, Willis. I mixed up my Maliks. Yeah, Willis. Yeah, Malik, Malik Willis. <clears throat> I, I completely mixed up my Malik. One's from Liberty and one's from Louisville. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think they would. I hope they wouldn't go that way. That's probably a slight downgrade. And then I don't know where. Apparently Tannehill's probably good to go, but that was kind of a nasty ankle injury too. So I don't know what I would do if they actually put him in the you know the line would move a field goal for sure just off that being a, a pretty well-established quarterback and levis doesn't have anything but a deep ball but i don't know this is a, this is a weird game i want to have a little more information on levis um if it is him if he's fine to go it's probably like you said a really nice home dog teaser leg versus a seattle team that's been honestly scuffling outside of uh you know semi-miraculous final drive like Drew Locke threw two interceptions on that final drive. Let's kind of tell it out. It like DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf bailed about the one time, and I mean, there, it wasn't it wasn't all Drew Locke magic. There was some there were some rough times there. Seattle is still not rough, you know. Right? We'll see if Geno goes. Why is Ryan Tannehill ahead in the depth chart in ESPN here over Malik Willis? Um, I mean, isn't he in Pout Central right now, where he? won't play i i, I don't know I, I, and that's what i'm saying i have no idea what the situation would be if like levis is limited here yeah like what what they would do well i take Tannehill way ahead of willis right now um i think he's probably oh, yeah. equal at least with what levis personally maybe even a little better at this point uh the other teams should rally around him unless he's a i don't know it's yeah it's a teaser leg based upon also seattle's woes because Funny enough, even though Geno didn't win this game, it's kind of weird. You know, he's coming back in. They beat the Eagles. A little bit of pressure on him, I think, trying to make the playoffs. Uh, Seattle is – I look at them as a formidable team, but certainly not – I don't even know if I have them as average in my power ratings. I think I have them around slightly below average, to be honest with you. Where I'm at. It's funny I make this two and a half. So, oh, okay. I guess I'm fine. I'm guess, I guess I'm fine with the number two point four four. That, well, there you go. You're, you're right on the number here. Yeah, we're, we're we're fine with the market here. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Seattle. I have barely above average. So, um, yeah, it, I think it's a great teaser leg. Let's move on to the next game. Colts versus Falcons, and the Falcons are minus one. The total is forty four point five. What are you thinking about this one? Because we have a new quarterback with the Falcons. It's not a big. I don't have a huge difference between the two. They're both huge liabilities to do something stupid. This team is poorly coached. I'm probably just done betting Falcons games because I don't know what the. I just don't know what the game plan is going to be or if it's going to have any semblance of like uh, you know, well thought out game planning. I hope this is another coach we see hit the road because there's too much. There's too much talent on this offense to be playing games like this where you score that many points against Carolina. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, full participant in practice today. Michael Pittman was limited, which is good, I guess. But often with this concussion stuff, you know they they're able to practice in a limited fashion, even though they're still in the protocol. We'll see. That was a nasty lick. Zach Moss didn't practice. All that stuff matters a lot, but like I said, I'm not betting in this game. I mean, Falcons number two in a point. I make it. I make it a pick. I'm fine with this price. That's a good pick. I, I make it a pick too. And Heineke is a little erratic, and I bet the under 44 and a half. I don't like it as much now with Heineke. I think he's a little more erratic than Ritter. 
game plan could change a little bit. There's a lot of pressure for them to throw the ball, even though they should be running the ball against the Colts, who ranks 21st in opponent rush EPA. The, the Falcons are two in opponent rush EPA. And, you know, maybe that some of that's based on their division being so bad, too. But um, Jonathan Taylor, can he break that? I don't know. Uh, it's a perfect pick. I'm, I, I don't want to do anything with this game. Minus just uh, hold on to that 44 and a half under. It's a key number of 44. So hopefully uh, hopefully it stays under for me. And I know it's on a pretty good uh, field, unfortunately, in Atlanta. So yeah. that, that's my issue. Uh, commies versus Jets. Jets minus three, total 37. Can I say, can I pass on this and not even mention anything about it? Because this is disgusting. And I don't even want to talk about this game. I bet the, I bet Washington. <laughs> Part of it is part of it is a small that we do see another turn to Brissett. Brissett makes a big difference. He's just Howell Howell had some he has a nice arm. We just haven't seen any. Is growth, he starting? So. Brissett? Yeah, there there's so Howell will start. Is it according to Rivera on Sunday? We'll see. Maybe this changes throughout the week. That would be great. But I did take the three. Uh, I think even with Howell, I like this price getting points. Because it's uh Wilson. Wilson's concussed too. This could be a Trevor Simeon game. Yeah, Simeon's horrible. Probably, you know, Zach Wilson not highly rated by uh, any metric you want to go by, but he did play a little better after the the second comeback here. I would, uh, I would have it as a downgrade for Simeon for sure. So, a bet I made on Sunday on Washington. We're drinking a little. <laughs> I will say that the Jets have the best uh, position group and the defense on the field. I, I just. I can see I can see this being zero zero in the final five minutes and next field goal. That'd be wins. great and just call it a tie. <laughs> there you go. Two, two, let's see two nothing. Two nothing. Washington has covered uh, without scoring not too not too long ago against the Niners, so I wouldn't mind a scoreless tie this one. Game and yeah, another game I probably won't watch. I'm dying for a two to nothing game. I don't know if it's ever happened. Uh, I want to see a two nothing game, and this would be a candidate. So I'll be prepared for that. It'd be, I'd be, I, I would actually watch that for sure. For those chance, someone gets a safety late in the game, zero zero. There was a one of the Vikings Super Bowls that was the halftime score. Two I believe it was against Pittsburgh. Okay, you know, obviously didn't finish there. Wouldn't be talking about that. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that, that two nothing halftime score that checks out. Here's another ugly game. Jags, Bucks. Bucks minus one, total 42.5. You know, uh, this number tells me that the Jags might be the right side in this. Um, I don't necessarily believe it. They have some skill position injuries. That's not good. Zay Jones questionable. They lost Kirk, which was, I thought, their best receiver. Um, Trevor Lawrence has some head issues, I think, mental issues. He, he's had that for a while. You know, there's just some weird stuff that he does out there. Uh, not just the fumble, the, the pass, but just I, the fumble. I, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that changed the whole game. I, I mean, it's like his it's like his hands just stopped working for a second. He uh, so Trevor Trevor and Zay Jones not, did not practice today. We'll see where that goes. I, obviously, massive dropping down to C.J. Beathard. Maybe a bit of a letdown spot for Tampa, whose defense is still, you know, not great. It's it's playing at an okay level, but if they were to get healthy, it could be good again. That's uh, something that's probably not going to happen yet for a couple weeks. There's still guys that have, I think, longer timelines than that. You know, this is one where I'm not I'm not excited about grabbing this and finding out I bet on C.J. Beathard. 
And then Bethard just has one of those weird games that, you know, um, they, the Jags are in a great betting spot. And the Bucks are not. And that's what's keeping me off the Bucks. Really. It's yeah. it, it, coming off the Packers win. They're kind of in four-wheel drive now. And then all of a sudden, they do what teams that don't deserve do, as we talked about, just completely shit the bed. And, and that's what could absolutely happen in this situation. Another ugly game. But we already set, talked about this. There's just ugliness everywhere across the board. But here's an interesting spread. The Cowboys at the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are only minus one and a half. And we're starting a uh, little bit later in the afternoon. 51's the total. This total feels a little bit low to me, even at 51. I didn't bet it. Um, I, I I haven't made a play. I, lo- I, I, was, I, I kicked myself last week because I thought the Cowboys finally learned how to win. And I put a little bit. Of, I had them in the teaser leg at plus eight. And they completely destroyed me. And they got sick. And there was a flu. And you name it. But... Both teams don't beat winning teams usually, and I, I hard to, hard to say the Eagles were a good winning team when the Cowboys just beat them. But this is uh, it, it's weird which one breaks here, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty much on market with this one too. I make this basically Miami minus one. Dallas has been a hard team to gauge all year. They beat the bad teams, they lose to the good teams. Uh, the only you know basically one exception to that rule either way when they just no showed against Arizona and where they were able to you know get it done versus Philly in a you know just a great situational spot I feel like they need a great situational spot in order to beat good teams and last week was so disappointing from a coaching standpoint too where they they got down and they just they it's like they just did not know that they're allowed to change the game plan just continued to try to do the same things didn't really you know adjust which is you know, I guess speaks a lot about McCarthy's in-game stuff. Because I trust, I trust him. You know, for the most part, putting together an offensive game plan against the defense they can beat. And I trust Dan Quinn, but that was that was rough to watch. So I probably will stay away from this one too. Miami has a ton of injuries. Teron Armstead's been injured every week. He has like nine things on the list every right, week. Right. His whole body is falling apart. You know, obviously Tyreek Hill and A-Chan matter a lot. Mostert and Xavier Howard apparently weren't at practice today, too. So this is one where I, I really got to pump the brakes because there's there's 70 injuries for the Dolphins that matter. And I kind of th- and, and again, I'm pretty close. If, if Tyreek plays, you know, maybe this total takes a little jump, but it's already sitting at a you know, high enough spot for 2023. I wish I would have bet the Bills last week, and I wish I would have bet the Dolphins last week uh, because the injury thing was also an excuse why the thing went down to seven, six and a half against the Jets, and I miss both. And I now you're in a situation where you bet you can't bet the Dolphins. They look too good. The Cowboys look like terrible. Pfft. Staying away from this game, man. Completely staying away from this game. I, mean, I would consider the over, but I don't even know if I'll get there. I have plenty of time to think about it, though. Cardinals, Bears. Bears minus four, total 43. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just telling you, I I laid it with the Bears early. I expected it to go up to five or six, and it hasn't. Um, my numbers are Bears by five, uh, five and a half. My Bears are, yeah, I, I have Bears five and a half is my number. So I'm a little bit lower, or a little bit higher than what it is. Um, I, I, I know Kyler Murray's a wild card. Uh, Justin Fields, you can kind of stay the same thing, but I mean, the, here the the truth of the matter is, the Cardinals are not tanking. What people say, right? They would screw up the draft pick. 
I mean, they can still get the number one draft pick if they win this game. I, if I'm if I'm the GM, I'm telling Gannon, dude, play someone else. But that's not going to happen probably. Uh, I think the Bears' defense has quietly improved a lot. I just think they have incompetent coaches. Sometimes players can get ahead of that. I love what Sweat's doing over there. And the Bears' run game is very good unless you're playing Cleveland. And, and that's what, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland just destroyed the offensive line. But, man, I think the Bears should run all over this Cardinals team. So I laid it. I like this. We're in agreement. I strongly have considered the Bears. I haven't played it yet. I make this five flat, essentially. Not a, you know, not like I'm missing out on a key number. I'd like to get the four while it's still available. Just need to confirm a couple things. Arizona on the road, cold weather team, long grass up there at Soldier Field. And truthfully, as weird as it sounds, they're playing a much better defense this week. Like I, you know, you break it out from weeks nine on. When the Bears started to get a little healthy, the Bears are top five defense by a lot of metrics. Yeah. They can do a lot of good things. And right now we have, I think Hollywood Brown is dinged up. I think DJ Moore is going to be good to go again this week. That's kind of, the, you know, obviously the injuries that matter for these teams. And like you said, the Bears have been able to run. They have a couple guys that have got after it. If they let Fields you know, scramble a little more, I'm way more worried about him and DJ Moore than Kyler Murray against this defense. So this is uh, this is on the short list. I like this one. Okay, good. No, it, and if you look at some of the numbers, Bears number – actually, even look the whole season, Bears are number three in rush EPA. You know, rushing success rate, they're number three. I mean, they should stop the run, make Kyler Murray have to pass the ball a little bit. Um, my only worry is Kyler Murray getting loose, and that certainly can happen. But, uh, you know, they, they've beat some good quarterbacks recently. And, um, yeah, I, I like the Bears. I would like them all the way up to five probably, so – I'm glad we're on the same page on this one. Pretty simple the handicap here. Cold, grass, like you mentioned. Uh, yeah, definitely definitely looking at the Bears here. And Bears, no, they choked last week. This is a, a big spot for them. Uh, Patriots versus Broncos. Broncos minus 6.5, total 34.5. And uh, I'm going to pass on this. I, we're, we got, we're getting lower on time here. But all I'm going to say is that my numbers are a little lower than this. I, I, I have some good, sharp friends that like Denver, and they move the number up, but uh, I, I'm a little bit lower. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not quite a six here, but it's not a huge difference, and I'm not I'm not excited to back Denver in the spot. I don't know what we're going to get. I need to know under Henry's health. We've had some injury issues for the Patriots wide receivers that matter. Defense or the offense looked a little livelier last week, but. Yeah, not not a game I'm super excited. I'll, I'll bet the second half. It looks like it's prime time. Me and Drew will bet the second half. That's about all the action I'll have here unless I find a prop. There you go. Raiders, Chiefs. I fell for this uh, rabbit hole before. And um, it, it's uh, Chiefs minus 10 uh, begs you to take the Raiders. No, I have, I, Raiders, for some reason, just do not match up against the Chiefs. Whatever happens, the Chiefs come through. I know there was one close game a couple years ago. The Raiders coming off that huge win. That was just very fraudulent against the uh, Chargers. I'm not touching the game. Yeah, it's great. I just pulled up, so I have the rest of the games up. I'm I make the last three games here: Kansas City minus ten point six, um, Philly minus thirteen point two, and San Francisco minus five. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty I'm pretty nuts on for the Christmas numbers. And yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm probably not getting involved in this. I, I thought I wanted an under. I was hoping this would open a little higher, so I'm avoiding it. All right, and so 
What I'm going to say is I'm laying the points with Philly. Um, and my numbers don't even completely agree with it. And it's because of the recency. And the recency has been so bad with Philly. But they're slowly going to be getting healthier. I don't know if N'Kobe Dean can come back. I want him to come back. But this Giants team is so bad. And they were exposed last week and embarrassed. And when when if you if, if a guy like... Um, like Russell Wilson even calls out his team. I, I don't think that holds nearly as much water as a guy like Jalen Hurts calling out his team. Jalen Hurts called his team out. The Giants always get there just destroyed because they don't match up well against this Eagles offense. The Eagles offense should just be able to score at will. So as bad as the Eagles defense has been, this is a kid that doesn't even belong in the NFL with uh, DeVito. It, it, I'm laying the points like with at 12. I think this is a blowout. I think the Eagles get it right. And the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens, and I took them at five and a half. It looks like it came down to five. I just took them about an hour and a half, two hours ago. My number's about three. So um, I, I do have the Niners as my best team, but I have the Ra- Ravens somewhat under them. It's it's not like a big gap. I, it Not as big as this number. I think the Ravens as a dog, I can trust a hell of a lot more with than Harbaugh blowing these big leads with Lamar Dan- Jackson dancing all over the place. The 49ers, believe it or not, are getting by on their pure pass rush because their secondary is very dinged up. So it masks that. But a pass rush against Lamar Jackson is dangerous because he can just run the ball, tire this defense out. So I see a path to victory, or at least a path to covering this spread with the Ravens. And, man, uh, you put some pressure on Brock Purdy, hmm, you might crack a little bit. You know, the Niners have shown that he can do that. Yeah, this is one I'm going to monitor the injury because uh, Zay and Odell are apparently dinged up. They missed practice today. There's no injury report today, though, because it's a Monday game. So we don't get anything until Thursday. I really want to see what we end up with Thursday. But like you said, uh, it's a secondary that's not that great. Like I alluded to this with the Cardinals game. Cardinals are about to play a much tougher defense. The, the Niners are a secondary that can be attacked, and I'm – I'm kicking myself because uh, I really like the over in that Cardinals Niners game. I didn't end up betting it, and I, I think <laughs> I might be involved. I, I think I might be involved in this over if we do get some healthy receivers. So I mean, it went way over, buddy. I can see why you're kicking yourself. I know that, that that's the worst part. It's like, oh, it only went over by forty points or whatever. You know, I expect this game to go over to Ronnie Stanley worries me the offensive tackle for the Ravens, but I just think the Ravens can cover this so many different ways. And backdooring it's certainly one of them. I, I love the Niners. I think they win the Super Bowl, but um, I'll take their. I think the Ravens. This is a test game for them. They're coming in as dogs, so I like the situation. But we're out of time. Andy, really appreciate you coming in at short notice and everything, and uh, talking about these games. Uh, love your shows over there, Bet Spurts, and obviously the Deep Dive Podcast that we've been listening to for years. Where could our listeners get your great information and media? Yeah, at Andy MSFW on Twitter, man. I have a link tree. You know what? That's way easier than spin up. But there's a link tree link right on my Twitter. It's got everything. It's got the newsletters. It's got the podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram if you want some food pictures and whatnot. Uh, check that out. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Kev. Absolutely. And Andy's one of the funniest guys I know. Great, one of the great follows on Twitter. So make sure you check out Andy if you don't already. Great. Have a great weekend. Enjoy everything. Uh, and obviously, if I don't talk to you, Andy, have a very merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Now it's time for our refuse to lose teaser that is 11 and 4 thanks to the Cowboys choking on me last week but either way I like it this week and I just gave it to you obviously with the Andy we're doing the Texans eight and a half and we're going to do 
the Titans to nine, uh, eight and a half as well. I just think two home dogs here, one team trying to make the playoffs, obviously. And you know what? They they put on a hell of a fight last week, and they might even get Nico Collins back. I like the way Keenum was uh, throwing the ball last week. And I will say that Vrabel, hate him as much as you want, whatever you think. He's uh, a very in-your-face motivational coach. He'll get these guys up for this week. And uh, I bet you a lot of these players are probably thinking to themselves they're playing for next year as well. So I expect a great effort at home from the Tennessee Titans. So do that for three stars. Now it is time for the sharp side of the force. The sharp side of the force is brought to you by BetMGM. For a $1,500 sign-up bonus, please visit our podcast description. Terms, conditions, and location apply. All right, Sharp College Football Money Movement, December 21st through the 26th as of Wednesday. Sharp Money on Arkansas State, minus 1 to minus 3 versus Northern Illinois. 65% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp Money on Air Force, plus 4.5 down to plus 1.5 versus James Madison. 68% of the tickets and 81% of the money. Sharp Money on Utah State, plus 3.5 to minus 2.5 versus Georgia State. 85% of the tickets and 99% of the money. And Sharp Money on Northwestern, plus 9.5 down to plus 6.5 versus Utah. 81% of the tickets and 94% of the money. Sharp Totals. Georgia Tech versus UCF over 61.5 to 67. 85% of the tickets and 87% of the money. Charlotte Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois over 51.5 to 53.5. 19% of the tickets, 76% of the money. Charlotte Utah versus Northwestern under 43 to 41.5. 76% of the tickets and 93% of the money. Charlotte Kansas versus UNLV over 63 to 64.5. 51% of the tickets and 69% of the money. Sharp NFL. Uh, sharp money in the Broncos, minus 5 to minus 6.5, hosting the Patriots, 83% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Uh, that's probably getting buyback now. Giants, plus 14, down to plus 11.5 at the Eagles, 17% of the tickets and 36% of the money. Kind of a weird one, very low percent of the tickets, but 36% of the money. Did bring it down some, probably some buyback. Sharp totals, Bengals versus Steelers, under 39.5 to 37, 66% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Sharp money in the Bills versus Chargers over 40.5 to 44, 30, 43% of the tickets and 96% of the money. Sharp money in the Commanders versus Jets under 40 down to 37, 92% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp money in the Patriots versus Broncos under 41 to 40, 34.5, 69% of the tickets and 96% of the money. And sharp money in the Ravens versus 49ers over 45 to 47, 91% of the tickets and 93% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Really appreciate all of you done for us all year long. Please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes or Google Play or any of your podcasting platforms. It really helps us out in the algorithm. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas and go get some winners. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the happiest season of all With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call it's the happiest
season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the Stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. 